I'm Shannon Paradis, your host and founder of Learn, Laugh, Leap. I'll be bringing you content about self-discovery, how people find their purpose, live joyfully, and make an explosive impact on those around them. The podcast at its core is centered around health and wellness, but I want to start by learning from people that light up my life personally, laugh a lot, and then I want to have conversations with people that change the way we dream and empower us to leap forward. I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. Let's leap in. Hey, and welcome back. Today on Learn, Laugh, Leap, we're bringing my dad, Tom Clicks, into the spotlight. He taught me how to laugh and make light of situations because life will have many challenges and you just have to learn how to take the good with the bad and crack bad jokes or throw out a stupid pun every once in a while. But Tom is also a very successful businessman and he has a work hard, play hard mentality, which I love. Now this podcast is a whip, a work in progress, guys. We had issues with audio So I would advise you to turn up your volume and I hope you guys stick it out with me because I'm definitely having fun with all of this despite any bumps in the road. I'm so excited for you to listen to the sage advice of Tom Clicks, aka Poppy Chulo. Oh, what's up, daddy-o? The first question on my mind is, where did you get your sense of humor? How are you so freaking funny? I think hanging around with uh, funny people. I seem to gravitate towards people that are a little bit crazy. Um, my maternal grandmother told jokes, and uh, she wrote them down and read them, so she had to unsnap her little purses and pull her joke cards. Oh, 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 did you hear about this one? She said, there was a mouse in the toilet bowl. And, and before she could get to the end, she'd be cracking up. And then, you know, she'd never finished the joke. You'd have to read it. <laughs> so it's quite cute for an 80 year old something 80 something year old lady doing that then my dad was a real dry sense of humor and he had jokes categorized in a file as if he was going to use them someday he had jokes on everything of course the jokes then were not as rough edged as they are today and who were the other funny people that you were hanging out with that you are talking about well you oh well, yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh, right back all the way, really, to junior high, high school, certainly college, just a bunch of really funny people, and then through business, you know, I I do business with a lot of funny people, and we have fun doing business together. Mm -hmm. But I've also been in situations where I'm sitting with you, and you tell an inappropriate joke in front of total strangers. (laughs) And they're yeah, that's like, part of the shock value. That's <laughs> fast. Yeah. And some people, you know, might see it as like histrionic, but you're actually bringing people together and they, then they start to open up and, and then they become the loosest person in the room. And all of a sudden well, they're, they're telling vulgar yeah, jokes. You're, you're right. Sometimes that shock value just does it. You know, one of our bone friends, he told that story about the sex change operation at the this company conference and mixed company and not a person in the building laughed he just sat down in shame <laughs> oh my gosh. the same thing happened to me once you remember that story so yeah but sometimes you bomb but it's unusual usually people just go all right i got one dirtier than that and away you go <laughs> 
so how many doors has that opened for you in a new, you know, you're shaking hands with somebody? Trying oh, to... I, I just think it uh, allows people to know you're human. Like, I remember I always joke with doctors and places where it's uptight, you know. You, mm-hmm. we, we go through life too uptight as it is. That's very true. That's why I turn off the TV news. Nothing but negativity coming from that. So what do you do to kind of start out your day to help you get some positive vibes flowing? To start the day, I brush my teeth. <laughs> Come on, that feels good. You know that. Of course. <laughs> Who doesn't like to get the grime off their teeth? That's nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I get this new toothbrush. It's about four feet long, and I can do my toes with it. <laughs> That's the best. Do you still have your retainer? Retainer? No. No. That thing oh, used to be. It. <laughs> Are you serious? The dog ate it. It's probably Cody. No. That's nasty. Here's one for you. So right. when when Nick and I go to bed at night, he has a mouth guard and I have a retainer. So between the two of us, we're like, <laughs> "Hey, sweetie, give me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Love ya." <laughs> and then like the next day, it's the retainer goes into the denture juice and it just soaks there for 15 oh, minutes. It is just disgusting. But you guys are like old people. <laughs> that's gross. I don't even denture have juice. Denture. I don't soak anything in my head. When I was asking you the question about, you know, what, how do you wake up in the morning to kind of get your day rolling and have a positive attitude about life? I'm guessing that there is music on. Oh, I see what you were fishing for. No, no, I actually really? listen to uh, Detroit Sports Radio. Mm. And uh, they talk about a variety of things. That's kind of what I listen to. That music, when I, as soon as I get in the car, the music comes on. Sounds boring as hell. Yeah. Why do yeah. you listen to sports? I didn't even think you liked sports that much. Sure I do. And then, well, they do news, too. So my dad used to be a DJ, and one of our relatives found an article about him when he was DJing, so it was really fun to read, and so I wanted to ask him about that. And that article said that you just play music, you don't talk. Who'd want to listen to this voice? (laughs) Hey, everybody! I like your voice. Now, the problem is mine. (laughs) There it is. Well, I don't know. You know, this was the days of WABX in Detroit where the guys, you know, they'd come on here and go, all right, that was Hot Tuna, and that was uh, Jack Cassidy. Hot Tuna? More from the Velvet Underground. That would be about all they'd say, you know. So... I guess that was my frame of reference for music. Maybe that, and I was afraid to hit the microphone button. <laughs> they were uh, <laughs> they were talking on the radio about this basketball announcer. There was actually a YouTube video that went with it, but I was just listening to it on the radio. And um, <laughs> this guy goes, Number 20 Jacks! Jack, and he's like 
standing up and trying to get the crowd all involved. And the video apparently shows that there's like six people on the bleachers. <laughs> and these like wimpy runners come out. Somebody hit him with a blow dart. <laughs> when I was in college, we went to big time wrestling up in Jackson, Michigan. And uh, one of the guys I was with jumped into the boxing ring and took the microphone out of the announcer's hand and started making his own announcements. That was pretty funny. Well, I'm for sure we were not going to get out of there too well. What did he I guess say? Then, back then it was just normal behavior. They just kind of split you aside and said, hey, hey, get back in your seat. <laughs> what, what kind of stuff did the guy say when he grabbed the mic? Oh, he was drunk? Dynamic part of the microphone, so it was more just a lot of drunk and yelling, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> and then the audio cut out right here again, and so as I'm trying to figure that out, my dad is still talking and telling a story, and so I wasn't really following along with what he was saying, so I'm going to just play it back the way that I heard it, which was really not paying attention at all, completely out of context, but it is hilarious listening back to it. And then they had uh, Wait, these what? women, tag women team, tag team these greasy old women. They were really funny. And then Bobo Brazil came out. And his head into your head, you'd fall over, and that was the end of the match. It Wait, looked real. this was real life? Oh, yeah. This was at Hillsdale? Yeah, we drove up to Jackson in a van. That's back when everybody had a van. <laughs> Bean bag chairs. Van down by the river. Ten times louder than anybody's today. (laughs) And so, who was this Bobo guy? Bobo Bobo Brazil. Look him up. He was one of my three favorite wrestlers back in that era. Sometimes I. Out of Detroit, Leaping Larry Shane. And uh, the other guy was the Sheik. I just feel like none of this is true. No, this is all true. This is uh, like, I don't know, 1950s or 60s. Big time wrestling was on television. It was the forerunner of today's WWE. How old were you in 1950? You weren't even born. Oh, I was a fetus. Exactly. So you didn't know Bobo Brazil. went on for years, you know. Some of it would broadcast out of Detroit and some out of Windsor. Turns out that whole time he was talking about pro wrestling, but I actually thought he was talking about his friends from Hillsdale, so I was totally confused. But I eventually figured it out myself. Freaking idiot. Okay. I ran out of wine, so I don't know what I'm going to do now, but I guess I can just talk to you. Um, you ran out of wine? Ran out of wine. Um, I was talking to uh, a gal that's in one of your sister's books cl- book clubs, Yeah. and I was thinking about getting one going, and we have, by the way. And uh, we call it the Manly Book Club. But anyway, I asked, uh, I asked said, Wow, what an original title. I said, what do you guys do at the book club? She goes, well, we just hang around until the wine's gone and we go home. <laughs> Did they actually talk about the book? No. <laughs> they that, sign it, but they don't talk about it. That sounds like my either. book club. We do. We have one here in Minneapolis, and there's probably a group of like 40 girls and we used we used to get together once a month and it was just whoever could get there yeah well here's
here's a real short one you could recommend to them. And this may lean a little bit towards a guy's book, but I think anyone could pick out the, the theme here. And it's called The Essay. The Essay by Yoakum, Y-O-C-U-M. And uh, it's, a, it's a hard knock kid coming up through life and uh, the people that help him, his influences. So I think everybody can get a little of that. We, we read it for our club. It took about six beers to talk about that. So who recommended it? I did. Oh. Suddenly my library is growing again. Yeah, how many books are you reading right now? Uh, probably five. How do you even keep them straight? Well, they're all really different. So I wouldn't read. Well, I am reading two novels now, but that's unusual. Yeah. So, but the exciting one is uh, there's a historian by the name of Ron Chernow, C-H-E-R-N-O-W. And I, I would read anything of his, and, and uh, I've been doing an audible version of his book on Ulysses Grant. Oh my gosh, it is so moving. I feel like so you've phenomenal. read a lot of stuff about Ulysses Grant. Well, I didn't know much about him, but the Appomattox Settlement, and ending the Civil War, and then the Lincoln assassination, and his involvement in these events, I mean, just absolutely moving, just incredible. Hmm. So... Chernow is really good, and Walter Isaacson, the guy that did the Steve Jobs book, I think you read that. Yeah. I'd read anything by him, and uh, my one that's queued up next with him is uh, Michelangelo. Oh, and you said you read the Elon Musk book, right? Oh, it's great, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's really I good. But Richard Branson after that. Oh, also along the same lines, right? Very probably similar backgrounds and lifestyle. Branson. Yeah. Oh, very much so. As in the Wright brothers, uh, lots of reading. These, all these guys were so well read. Well, you read, you know, Musk read every book in the school library that right. started on the encyclopedias. But he also had a photo, or has a photographic memory, which is right. part of the reason that he's a genius. But how um, how do you get that? Do you think you can like? teach yourself that or do you think it's I genetic i think it's important um all these guys you know and gals are extremely well read and and uh you know your step your step uh grandfather holy smokes you know how he blew us away just yeah. at the battle of antietam do you remember that as yeah kid? i do and yeah I, somebody somebody asked him we came back and talked to him and he knew more than either of us right it's crazy. Right on top of his head, I was like angry, and I went, I'm, I'm on <laughs> and started reading again. That's what prompted you to start reading. Again. Real hard, yeah, and moving into away from fiction. I'd always read fiction, but this got me away from that and into nonfiction more. Yeah. And then, you know, fiction. I'm reading a Stephen King book. Well, nothing compares to that. <laughs> hey, did you ever read uh, Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Two as recommended? Uh, no. That's a Stephen King one? Yes. What are you waiting for? I don't know. That one that, that we read... So awards is probably his best-known book ever after The Green Mile. 11-22-62? Yep. To pique you and anyone who happens to hear this, to pique the interest, it was a time travel book, which I always thought was cool. Yeah. And the guy is going back ostensibly to stop the Kennedy assassination. That's mm-hmm. the date. 
I shall say no more, or I'll ruin the ending. That's use of modern language. You just can't beat it. You just can't beat it. There's somebody very close to me that loves to ruin endings of things. I'll be like, I am so engrossed in this book. It is just a page turner, and I don't know what's going to happen next. And she'll be like, yeah, it does have some crazy twists and turns. Like when she dies at the end. (laughs) Isn't that crazy how she dies at the end? And she does it for movies, so you can't tell her that you're in the middle of anything. Yeah. Has she tried to tell you how your life ends? (laughs) I I don't know that I want to know that information. Do you? Yeah. I, I just don't I don't think you could do that. I think it would be much too would be much too weighty. Well here's one, you know, if you could if you could take go back and start over again. You know, would you want to go back and live your life over? And the problem is though you couldn't take what you know with you because you know what it wouldn't be any fun. Because I think as you get older you become more cautious. Right. You certainly become less um If you could relive a time, it would be college, right? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I I wouldn't want to go all the way back, but I would love to relive my Miami days. I did have a a lot of fun, but so it's interesting. You say you couldn't take any of the knowledge you have with you. Because, yeah, you're probably right. You'd be... It wouldn't be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm hurting my liver right now. Should probably I shouldn't not stay do up that. so late. I need my sleep. I'll get ugly. Okay, so I want to go back to genealogy and ancestry because I know that's something that you're really interested in, and I'm kind of interested to hear what you've learned from that and things that are similar for people that you've learned about in our family. The fraternal side of my family is almost one hundred percent German. And uh, here comes this guy, he found me on Skype. And his Skype message said, I am Andreas Klicks. I am a blues guitarist. Are we related? Well, at the time I was playing a lot of guitar, I loved blues. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and I went, oh, this can't be. And we did have another relative over there who you met, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, maybe, you know. And then he came here, he brought the lineage from the churches there. And another uh, cousin he had, he had, and they sat in the corner until they found it. But some of the striking similarities between Andreas and I, and we're pretty removed, but some of the striking similarities and the things that we laugh about, it's incredible. So going back even further in the ancestry and the family tree, have you found anything else that was interesting to you? Well, on my, my dad's mother was quite an interesting character. And in the artifacts that my mom gave me, who she lived in 97 plus, was an envelope filled with stuff about Grandma Clicks. And she was the first woman constable in Macomb County, Michigan. What? She was the first woman to get a captain's license on the Great Lakes in Macomb <laughs> County. Lillian McGowan Clicks was her name. She had a concealed carry permit 
And it's no surprise my dad loves guns. Oh, and I have that license. You do? I have a, the original stamp and everything. Oh my so gosh. I'm working with a historian about her, and she wants more pictures, and I'm trying to slowly work through the family, trying to come up with them, and I just don't have enough. Um, because she publishes in Michigan History Magazine, and they want three or four pictures, and I've gotten two. Oh my gosh. Interesting. She's little. She was beautiful and she was rough. <laughs> I just think how cool, you know, how powerful she probably was to be with her stature and then to be a female during that time, whatever year that was. Well, that would have been in the late 1800s and well, turn of the century. She right is. It wouldn't be a true conversation with my dad if we didn't talk about gun control and politics at this point, but I want to keep things fun and light, and we'll save that conversation for another podcast. Um, okay, so yeah, so let's talk about what give, makes you happy. What gives you the most joy in your day? Sleep. <laughs> I like that. Me too. You know, I've been listening to guided meditations at night and within the first two to five minutes, I fall asleep. And then, of course, we had to practice the guided meditation with an English accent. British, I say love. Come over here then and give it a little Yeah, They're like, I will murder you in your sleep. Is that an actual line from a movie? No, it's a line from that poem I've always told. My good friend and companion was kneeling down to shoot at a charging Swahili line. Just for kicks, you see, I said, hey, booby, look what's on your back. And to this day, I cannot explain my silly little horseplay to his widow. (laughs) Where did you... Where did you find that? Some kid that I knew at, up, up north in the summertime, he used to say that. <laughs> Sometimes and in he the... He said it over and over and over again until I... I guess so. I committed to memory. Down pat. Oh, man. Kids, gather Poppy Chulo's now. Okay, everybody no that's listening, Poppy Chulo is the name that we deemed Dad... And it actually means pimp daddy. So all the grandkids are calling him Papi Chulo. And they're saying pimp daddy. And they don't even realize it. Hilarious. I can't wait till they find out. They go, oh, that's really funny. Oh, pimp daddy. You've lived a nice long life. How do you kind of keep positive um, just through all the trials and tribulations of life? Any advice for me? Um, well, advice. Not, not really, but <laughs> I, I'll give you Great. an example. Okay. In, uh, in high school, my senior year, they, they published this little newspaper. And, you, you know, you've probably seen them. It's best looking and best couple and most likely to succeed, you know, that paper. Yeah. And I was the class clown. Right. Of course. And I brought, I brought the paper. 
paper home and I threw it on the counter and didn't think anything of it. And my dad came home. He's looking it over. He was furious. Is that what you are, a clown? You know? And I, I didn't have enough moxie to say, so Dad, I'm just happy. You know, that's all. I'm not, I don't think I'm really a clown. I mean, I, I did pretty well in high school. It's just, you know, I was just happy. And I've stayed that way mostly through my whole life, pretty much, I think. And when I pick up the phone every day, I just try to make the next guy happy and let him know that talking about whatever we got to talk about can be life. It doesn't have to be this big, heavy thing. You know? Then I dish out free advice, and then I send him a bill and say that really wasn't free. <laughs> so that therapy and session will cost you. I never talk to them again. <laughs> That's how you get rid of troubled people. Oh, send him a bill. That's right. Love it. Why haven't you retired yet? I like working, and you know, my biggest fear is I'll lose touch with all these wonderful people. That's probably the main thing. I've got people I've done business with for 40 years. I ran into one of them in Florida at this conference, and uh, the gal blurts out in front of everybody around, this is the best insurance guy you'll ever meet. How about that? That's that was awesome. pretty cool. That's very cool. That was one of the other things that I wanted to ask you was about getting around the stigma of being an insurance salesman. First starting out, how do you how did you r- rupture that balloon? It's, it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to one of our agents today and he said, God, I, I went to this thing and all I had on there was my name and that I worked for somebody else for some landscaping company. <laughs> I go, I know why. He goes, I know. If they've got insurance on there, they just run. Mm-hmm. I used to meet people like at sports and stuff, and, and you know, playing it. And they go, what are you doing? I'd always tell them I was a mortician, and your mother would be laughing. And, uh, Gross. But sure, they... when she hears this, she'll remember that. But... I would always say, oh, I'm a mortician, and if they pressed me, I'd tell them something gross, and then they'd stop asking questions. <laughs> So, what is that like, painting dead bodies? Do I smell like in oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's disgusting. Did you really tell people that? Oh, of course. Oh, man. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, reverse, reverse. You what else? Rewind. Your legacy and what you want people to remember you by... What's, what, it, what is it? You know what, I, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but think of it now. A hundred years from now, nobody's going to know who I was, and then a hundred years from here, death, no one will know who you were. But that's so, so not true, because think about the way that we talked about your grandma. Yeah, maybe. Constable and all. I don't know. I've been more dour than thinking that somebody would actually care. Um, at least besides you three guys. Well, um, of course. Okay, so for us three, what would, what would, or not even us? I mean, just friends and family. Well, he always had nice teeth. <laughs> you do have nice and, teeth. You know, his breath was never really too bad, <laughs> and you know, he had clean clothing, and teeth. Really, once in a while he was funny, but not very often. Most of the jokes really sucked, although that's part of the fun of it, you know, just have a joke that sucks all the time. Just one joke that's really shitty. 
So what advice do you have for somebody that's looking to either start or operate a business? And what, what can, why do you say that? Run for office. That's where the easy money is. Guaranteed futures. Um, get in the state Senate, move right up to U.S. House, U.S. Senate. Maybe if you're lucky, you go all the way. But uh, that's where the money is. And these guys are, are wealthy beyond belief and have power and insider trading information and people handing them money just to shake their hand. There's nothing like it anymore. Why work the good old-fashioned way when you can be a politician? That's crazy. That's... I know. That's not what you want to hear, but I really believe it's true. If you've got any moxie at all, I'm telling you, get into government. Well, I actually... Piece of cake. Nick, for a while, was talking about getting into politics, but it was more, it wasn't about the money. It was just about actually caring about the direction of yeah. our world. Until the first guy walks in and says, uh, listen, I've got a, a lobby money here for you. And, oh, gee whiz, it's tax-free. And pretty soon you're going, okay, where's the next guy? You forget about what the, what the basis of your beliefs were. You're, you're bought off so fast that your head will spin at almost every level. All right. Well, let's just look at it from a different angle. You know, you went directly to how you can make the most money, but if somebody is getting into something that they actually care about, like something that... Oh, like a, uh, a cookie dough store? Sure. Cupcakes. What, <laughs> what, what advice would you have for somebody that's, you know, starting um, their own business? I would say do not get into personal services. This podcast idea is not bad. I don't know how you make money doing it. Maybe advertisers eventually. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, then uh, you'd have to hype product on here. So I'll hype some. Who would you Who'd you like your first advertiser to be? I want um, North Platte, Nebraska to, to oh. represent. KLIX from North Platte, <laughs> Nebraska, 109 FM. Within the voice of reason and the sound of my voice. Tune in every day for a thrill or two. You can ride it until you drop, or you can drop and then ride. It doesn't matter. But it's 109 FM from North Platte, Nebraska. <laughs> That is amazing. I do like the sound of your voice. And part of the reason why I started this podcast is because, you know, you were a DJ and I wanted you to be the podcaster, but you were too stubborn to do that. And so I'm just kind of carrying the torch here and trying to do it myself. Well, you've piqued my interest and I'm glad you're doing it. I think it's really fun. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you about, do you still have your purple sweatsuit? I just threw it out, sons of bitches. No. I dug it out of the trash once, and then I came in. I remember I took my clothes off in the garage by the trash and put it back on and came in the house. Oh, gnarly nasty. And everybody was looking at me going, oh, my gosh, because no one ever wants to. It's just nasty. Hug a flying purple people eater. But, you know, going back to what gives you the most joy, if it's purple sweatpants, you have to do it. Nick has a t-shirt that looks like it has been shredded by a lawnmower and he loves to wear it and he wears it to the gym and I'm like you look like a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
going back to radio, I was really enthralled with radio, even as a little kid. And uh, there were some great DJs in Detroit. Uh, the first guy I remember was Tom Clay. And have you heard about the play um, Motown? Music of Motown or Motown, what's it called? It's just called Motown, I guess. Mm-mm. Have you heard of that? It's no. a stage play. It was okay. in New York for years, and then it came to Detroit. And I'll be darned if they didn't mention Tom Clay. And the context was it was pay to play, which was, of course, a big problem in the 50s. But Tom Clay was on, and I remember listening to him the night JFK was shot. I'll never forget his voice and the things he was talking about. And he read a poem, and then I ordered a copy of that. It came to me. I still have it someplace. says CKLW on what was it that you liked so much about Tom Clay? Was it that his name sounds exactly like well, Tom he Clicks? Had the voice. Yeah, well, I don't think it was that. I'm just kidding. But he had the voice, and he was mellow, and there were many guys in Detroit to follow him. Ken Calvert, he, he called himself the casual, and he was cool. And then J.P. McCarthy was the best ever. He was the, uh, people all over the country know who J.P. McCarthy was. He was a man's man. He talked about golf and boating and cars and books and movies and you know life and sex and everything deep down inside me i wish i'd have stuck with it because when jp mccarthy died doggone it i would have had his job i'd have been right in line for it when did you stop doing it well when i when i left alpena and i was working up there in the station full-time WHSB, the gentle giant. Uh, <laughs> gentle giant, like where did that even come from? Oh, it was bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, I'd bring my records in there, and the guy, would, the owner, would go Jackson Brown. So I've never heard of these people. <laughs> We're in trouble. So anyway, I had a job lined up in Vail, and this guy told me. Uh, that I had the job and I made a recording of myself and sent it to him. He said, come on out. And what was I, in the recording? Do you remember? Oh, it was just me yakking and, you know, reading the weather and the news. And and you got the job? We told me I did. Wow. I got there and he said, oh, we gave somebody else. <laughs> I said, dude. And then that was it. I, I was so mad at him. He was such a dink. I didn't want to work for him anyway. It's just a pipe dream. Sometimes in life, it's like the one that got away, you know? Mm-hmm. So you would have loved to keep doing it. Why didn't you just interview at a different place? It's a good, uh, good question. I don't know. And I was mad. I parlayed that into uh, Club Cook, and then I parlayed that into Security Guard, which was the optimum, optimum <laughs> job for Vail. <laughs> Did you ever have to bust anybody in security? I had a fire one night. And, oh, uh, I remember you telling me. This was at the Lodge of Vail where uh, President Ford had his condominium. So it was a pretty major place, you know. So I wrote a whole big report on it. And the, the guy that was the head of security was an Austrian guy. I could speak German pretty well then, so he loved me. And I became, I got the, the Lodge at Broadmoor, the Lodge at Vale, I became the employee of the most kind of fun. Oh, you were a hero. <laughs> oh, yeah. The local All I hero. I was change the watch track and mention a few things of how I maintained a cool head. Good job. And it's that is hard to do. I, uh, 
I'll never forget, Lindsay's fingers got caught in a drawer. (laughs) Do you remember that story? Lindsay was always getting hurt. (laughs) She was. Getting, you know, running with scissors and (laughs) burning in a fire. Falling in the fire. fire. No, but do you remember this story about her fingers in the drawer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she, she asked for help. Or she, you know, screamed for help. How did she do it? Help! <laughs> like an old woman. Help me! I'm ruined. So, so then. She sounded like an old woman. Exactly. So, I try to help her, and I jam her fingers in there worse. And I think she either ended up calling you for help, or she helped herself. But, um, and he wanted me for years and years, and I really just felt awful. Like, in times of dire need, I wasn't able to save her, even though it wasn't that huge of a deal. She slammed her hand in the car door once, too. Ooh, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and there was one other time, uh, you probably remember this. Caitlin was stung by bees down at the pool behind behind her house. Oh, they were living in that fence. Yeah, okay. And she screamed bloody murder, and I thought she was getting stabbed by a dude. So I, she was screamed, help! <laughs> Wait, how did she do it? How did she do it? Help me! <laughs> Wait, she sounds like her sister. And then... Another witch. And she goes, she did help! So, I literally hid in the bathroom. I locked myself in there. I, was... I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. I had the toilet going. So, and... My new easy-to-dismount toilet. I was investigating. I was so terrified that somebody was killing her. And then I felt even worse that I was hiding from it. Like, I wasn't going to save her. Oh my gosh. So then I finally got up the nerve. I'm like, okay, what if it's just something minor? So then I went down and she was hovering with her arms spread out like she had, like she was crucified. And I looked at her arms and they were just covered in bee stings. And she was oh, crying. No, I don't remember that at all. Well, anybody that I know that you want to interview, you just let me know. And then what I'll do is I'll run interference for you. And then I'll go and I'll pin them down. And we'll tape their feet and arms together. And then I'll hold the microphone in front of them with a boom so they can't swing at me with their head like Bobo Brazil. And and then you can get anything you want on them to see them. And if they don't agree to do it, even after all that, they have to listen to a full CD of Red Hot Chili Peppers in the dark. <laughs> or you can, and after that, you can throw in that Rochester, the great Rochester band, the Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. not a real band name, is it? Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I had a friend in high Beer school. Beer ain't drinking is their big hit song. Beer ain't Oh yeah, I've heard that one. After getting slap happy, then I ask for some final parting words. Um, I really think that you can be a success at anything, but it's not a race. It's it's the tortoise and the hare, and you got to be the tortoise, and you just got to go at it every day. And it's like playing guitar. You do it for 10,000 hours and be good at it. If it is muffins or it's, uh, you know, table manufacturing or installing windows, it just doesn't matter. 
just be good and honest and friendly and tell a joke that's clean. <laughs> not like the crap I tell. And then people will know you're human and you treat them with humanity and care. You'll do just fine. That's awesome. You're the hardest working person I know, and I really appreciate that about you and love it about you. And then you can also tie in an awesome sense of humor, and it just makes you a good human. Well, there's lots of stories, and I got a million stories. And I love talking to you, so anytime that you want to do this again, you let me know, and hopefully we can get some better audio quality. In case you haven't been listening, my name is Albert Einstein. <laughs> I'll teach you all about the world. Australian man. Oh my gosh. I wish that I had some audio um, of your DJing. Because didn't uh, Andreas try to find it and he could only find the article? Well, I have the whole entire show, my last show. No way! In Hillsdale. All the stuff that I did with you guys on cassettes. Sweet. You still have the cassettes. I've got them all. Oh my gosh. Well, for people that don't know what we're talking about, this was back in the day of the mixtapes, and you'll see those referred to in movies sometimes, um, where people make mixtapes for events or trips. And it was fun. You know, I'd sit in my little music room, and I'd go, okay, I'm, I'm going to make this one driving up north, and of course, I couldn't wait to play it for y'all. And by about uh, 40 minutes, your mother would be saying, can we turn that off now? <laughs> go, but, but listen, this is the new Allman Brothers album. So great. Listen to this drumming. <laughs> Listen to the drumming. <laughs> All right. Well. Would it be appropriate to say that I love you? And you're no. Just a fine, fine interviewer. I love you too. Thank you so much for doing this. And enjoy your sleep since you get so much joy out of that. I do. It's blissful. Say hi to your fam for me. I will. We'll talk soon. What we have learned from Tom Clicks. Be the tortoise, not the hare. Just be happy and aim to share that happiness with others. Life is hard enough as it is. If you're in insurance sales, just say you're a mortician. Google Bobo Brazil. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Learn, Laugh, Leap. We'll be hearing from entrepreneurs in the health and wellness space in the coming weeks. Stay tuned for more good stuff. Till next time. DJ Spin in the house.